Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. So here we are in the bottom of the ninth inning. Two outs and running first base. Mark Knutson, the tall right-hander, trying to nail this one down. He has thrown a gem to this point. Eight and two-thirds innings, giving up just three hits and looking for his fourth complete game for the speed and perhaps to secure his 15th victory. He's got a 3-1 to one lead here in the bottom of the ninth, but at the plate is the guy who has two of those hits, Manny Randawa. A single to center and a double to right so far. Knutson into his windup. Here's the pitch, and he throws a fastball right by Randawa for strike one. Randawa a bit tardy on that swing. Now we're ready for the next pitch. The windup, and here it comes. There's a swing and a long one. Into the gap in right center field, way back towards the wall. It's off the wall. Bichette can't get there. He's chasing it down, and out of nowhere comes Ellis Burke. He'll get to the ball first. The run's going to score. Randawa is around second. He's digging for three. Here comes the throw from Burks. It's going to be close. Here's the slide. It's it's the park-adjusted Rockies podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Mark Knudsen and Manny Randawa. Rockies making changes. What will the impact be? This week on the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast, we're joined by Nick Groke from The Athletic to talk about the changes on the coaching staff and the owner's letter to the fans. Do things like these give the franchise hope? Nick has a lot to say on the subjects. Find out what he thinks right after this on the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than denverautographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall, Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at denverautographs.com. The place to catch all the big game action is at Stoney's Bar and Grill, now with four great locations, including Winter Park and the original at 11th and Lincoln. Great food, great service, and unrivaled game day atmosphere. There's no better place to watch your favorite teams in action. To find out more, check out stoneysbarandgrill.com. Well, Manny, playoffs in full bloom without the Rockies, as we keep mentioning every week. Uh, they made some changes, long overdue change at the hitting coach position. And Stu Cole, a guy, a friend of the program, no longer at the big league level, but staying in the organization. And then Dick Monfort wrote a letter to season ticket holders that we want to talk about with our guest, Nick Broke from The Athletic. Nick, thanks for rejoining us. I know you're on a couple weeks ago, but appreciate you coming back. It's a very busy time for you with the playoffs going on, so we appreciate you carving out a few minutes. Oh, yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. What? Right off the bat, no pun intended. Your initial reaction when Dave Magadan finally got the axe he should have gotten three years ago. You totally meant that pun. Um, <laughs> he did. He's uh, been on this. Uh, he's been on this train. He's been on this train for like I two have, years. I have. The 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 two the two coaching uh, changes. Uh, I actually I, I actually was surprised um, for a couple of reasons. I thought there would be a lot more. Hmm. Um, when you when we really? looked around the league, um, you know, I, you know as. Every time it feels like every time I'm on with you guys, I you know, I have to mention that like when we talk about the Rockies, we talk about you you have to talk about them on their terms because that's right. how they operate. Yeah. They operate on their terms, not on baseball terms necessarily. So like when I looked parallel, around the parallel leagues, uh, universe, parallel like, universe. Uh, what is that? Is that what Ken Rosenthal said? Yeah. Parallel, parallel universe, universe, basically. Yeah. So you know when I you know since the end of the season and it hasn't been very long since the since the season ended, but since then a lot of teams have made coaching changes. And when they make coaching changes, they make a lot of coaching changes. The Rockies, um, they really only, they really only did two. You, you asked about Dave Magan. I'll get to him in a second. I was surprised by Stu Cole of all the coaches I thought was, would, would be uh, somebody that they wouldn't change would be Stu Cole. He's, he's been a very 
integral part of their clubhouse for for several years um you know you know nobody (laughs) it's not like somebody has a lot of complaints about Stu Cole um I mean if we really wanted to break down his you know his his go sign percentages I guess we could at third base (laughs) but I don't think that that's really that's really that's really not the primary part of his job um I mean his job is I mean he's listed as third base coach but that's really not his primary job like his primary job is not to stand at third base uh, his his primary job this season was to turn Ella Harris Montero into a workable infielder. Yes, um, and he made a lot of progress with Montero. Great point. Um, they're, Great they're point. Out, That's true. They're, they're they're out there before every game, um, doing like, uh, you know, very like like ground ball glove work. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see tangible results. I think uh, with with Montero. Um, he started to do with with Ezekiel Tovar. Uh, Ezekiel Tovar is far far advanced, yes. way beyond Montero yeah, as far yeah. as as far as glove work, but um, still needed needed work, and that was Stu Cole's job. Um, he's the he was the infield coach, uh, so that was a little bit surprising. But we who I have not talked to Stu Cole or or Bud Black. Um, sometimes changes like that are just personal. Maybe he just wanted to change. I, I have no idea what the reasoning was behind that. Dave Magadan uh, is a little bit different. Like I, I think a couple of things came to pass. Um, his his contract. He, he was probably at the end of his contract, and he, you know, if we want to, if we want to dissect his his ability as a, a, you know, his his results as a hitting coach, I don't, I don't like, you know, when I I, I had a, a very long sit down, uh, several sit downs actually, I guess. Um, before the 2020 season, coming off of the 2019 season with Dave Magan, and he very clearly laid out like, here are the problems with the Rockies, and here is what I'm going to do about them. And you know, one of the big problems at that point, if you'll remember, coming out of 2019, they struck out a ton. They were striking out like like it was it was ridiculous. And between then and now, they have they have really drastically improved their strikeout rate. Their their strikeout rate this season was was way better than it had been before, and their their chase percentage is way better. They're not chasing out of the zone like they had been before. Um, so like there were tangible improvements made on the hitting side, but overall they're still the, they're still one of if not the worst hitting team in the league. Well, let me ask so you like, that. Let me ask you a question about that, Nick. Because just before we move beyond that particular part of this, do you think, from your perspective, do you think that that was a result of they were just really that much worse before or is it that things just didn't play out a certain way that you know yeah their contact increased yeah their chase rate decreased and yet still here they are where they are yeah well no i mean i i think really though what what the you know when we when we look at the chase percentage coming down contact going up a little bit um strikeouts coming down a little bit a lot of it is personnel like mm-hmm. a, Connor Joe helped them a lot in that way. Um, still not an impactful hitter though. Like that's that's, that's where point. they kind of got stuck. Like yeah. I think the I think more more I mean bigger picture, Dave. Because if you have guys who make on, contact more often versus the slug, I mean versus the the all or nothing guy, it's just kind of kind of even out, right? I mean, well, it's, they, but, but just they they just have no they they really they, they they'll probably say otherwise, but I don't feel like they have a real set philosophy they have no north star you know what uh, that's a good point we, so, we, let's use a football mm-hmm. analogy they have no identity on offense right no they really don't they, they don't so here's they're the, not a, you say they, they improved on their contact i know they cut down their strikeouts but there are teams that do those things and, and and still hit with power this team didn't have any power 
There are teams that move runners right. along steel bases. If you're a contact team, you'd be you steel bases. I mean, Magnuson's the hitting coach, but he's basically the offense coach, right? It's all encompassing. It's an offense. You got to score runs. And they've just been piss poor at that for the last four years. And Dave Magnuson's track record, he got off to a good start in Boston when he started coaching. And every stop he's been at since then, he's got teams have gotten worse, not better. It was, he just, he's not the guy for this, this new style of baseball hitting. I mean, I can't even pronounce the guy in, in LA. My name Soyek or whatever, the, the guy, the driveline guy, whatever in magic he brought to Los Angeles, he got guys like Chris Taylor, who were ordinary players to become forceful offensive players. The only thing that the Rockies do well is batting average. And that should be a given in this ballpark. Other than that, they don't do well in any offensive category. And, and it should be all encompassing. He just, he had to go. He had to. The, the, uh, their batting average is really actually not that good. They should be leading right. the league every single right. year in batting average, right. period. Right. Like, that should just be the, the right. it should just be a given. But my problem, the, the problem is, you know, and I think this, you know, again, like let's zoom out a little bit. A new hitting coach is not going to fix these things. I'm like, right I'm sorry, away. but a new, right like, you could get the best hitting coach in the. My point being is, like, while Dave Magadan is working on, um, you know, lowering strikeouts, getting better contact, uh, trying to trying to even them out home road, while he's doing this, <laughs> you know, Bill Schmidt and Bud Black are talking about how we need more home runs, uh, like how they need more yep. home runs, and so like, and again, like both, you know, that's a disconnect. Yeah, there is a disconnect. Like, I'm sorry, but there's a disconnect. What you get in total is neither of those things. So right. when, they, so you know, you they they were they're not building a roster that's capable of either of those things in in total, and they're not coaching them. In, yeah, and that and that's the point, right? The the, the roster yeah. the roster construction. I mean, it's always been that. It's always going to come back down to that because look, get good players. You know, like it's like okay, we if we get the kind of players that we that can actually do these things the coaching will be effective, right? But you, if you don't get guys that can actually do these things, then it's never going to, I mean, the coaching is going to be the, 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 I, I would say it's that's not going to yes, be as effective. That's yes and no, Manny. I mean, again, you get guys like, where was Max Muncy before he came to LA? He got cut by the A's. I mean, you guys, these guys all have a, some level of ability. Right. And it's getting the most out of that ability. That well, matters. there's a couple of things there. Are, there are guys things. that are underproducing. There's a couple of things there. One, Dodgers can afford to get, 10 of those guys and let eight of them fail. Fair. I'm exaggerating, but you know what I mean? Yep. And, and the Dodger, yes, there is something to that though. What you're saying, the Dodgers in terms of analytics, in terms of the way they communicate the, the analytics, the way they get across information they need to get across at every, even at every level of minor leagues. When you talk to these guys that come up, who's the guy that came out? What? I mean, I already forgot his name. The guy came up and hit a grand slam in his first yeah, or a home run so in his many, first. There's, uh, bat. there's so he, many guys that come up for the Dodgers. Dodger, and you know what he said the day before though? He said they are just so awesome the way they do these things at the Dodgers in terms of getting that information conveyed to us and doing it consistently so that when we get up to another level, it's the same. It's like it's all the whole process and and and, and everything is the same. So there are those. But at the same time, the Rockies are not the Dodgers. We know that they have to figure out how to compete without having that giant payroll. And the p biggest part, I think the biggest problem there is when they spend the big money, they spend them on Chris Bryant, spend it on ES Ian Desmond. They spend it on guys that it's like again roster construction you need how much how could you how, how could you have spread that around to actually create a bit more strong roster up and down rather than just get one guy that you've been after for 10 years and so nick my question to you is is there any hope for this team as currently constructed no matter who comes in here as the new head coach or who or who well, they promote, I mean, more likely uh well uh no uh well, no <laughs> no <laughs> um how do you really feel? Uh, very 
<laughs> something very enlightening happening happened this week, Manny. I, I, uh, Manny, I think you saw it. Mark, maybe you saw it. Uh, Carlos Correa was doing broadcasting for that TBS. was fantastic. So he was in the he was in the studio. He was in the studio during a, you know after a playoff game, and they had him talking like like what 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 is it that matters for a hitter these days? This is Carlos Correa, uh, one of the better hitters in, in baseball. Came up with the Astros, and he said, "Listen, like." it used to be that you get paid like by hitting home runs and hitting for average. And like, these things are important, but if you want to be a good hitter, here are the things that you should be, you should be aware of and, and concerned with um, to him. It was ch- chase percentage. If I remember right, uh, he, he was, he went on and on about how uh, helpful uh, weighted runs created is as, as a statistic. Um, his point being that you have to ha- be able to have a measurement for all of the things that a hitter does yeah. in a game, even if it is to make an out. Uh, you can make a productive out. These yes. things are these things are possible. You can take a productive strike. His point basically being is, you know, like uh, the best hitters in baseball will give up a strike on the edge because they're waiting for a strike in the middle because that's where they can do true damage on a pitch. Is, is a pitch. pitch a mistake pitch in the middle and if you're swinging at the if you're swinging at the edge pitches then you're not giving yourself a chance to hit you're getting yourself uh, out right so and you know and 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 like you could tell you could just tell by hearing him talk that these these ideas were instilled at him at a very early part of his career this guy the way he's talked about it he was he was on point with everything he said and it was all very smooth and very understandable to that to the and, layperson i think which was great for him but i'm telling you he did not come to that on his own yeah right <laughs> like there are players who come to these things on their own but players are generally like this very busy and very stressed out like on a daily basis those things have to be translated for them and the, and you never ever hear a rocky's hitter talk like carlos correa talked this mm-hmm. week well only david him. only daniel murphy and that was after he was not good anymore <laughs> Charlie Blackman is able to talk like that, and actually Charlie Blackman, Charlie Blackman can 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 speak like that. He knows what those things mean. But if you look at the rock, there's one. If, if we want to talk about the Rockies 2022 at the plate, look at their ground ball percentage. Oh, it was, yeah. was it the highest in the league or one of the highest? In the it league? was highest in the league. That, this is embarrassing. This is freaking embarrassing. Coors Field you is your home. Hitting the ball the in the air at Coors Field's outfield is an ocean. It's an oh, it's it's the Pacific Ocean. It's enormous. Hit right. the ball in the air, like period. Like does not like that's the only that's the only thing you should be concerned with is hitting the ball into the air into the outfield at Coors Field. Well, and this like, is the disconnect you're talking about. There's no from the minor leagues. Manny, we've talked about this ad nauseum. The disconnect from the messaging at the minor league level to the big league level, not just within the Rockies major league team. The disconnect you talked about it, it starts at the bottom. So the next hitting coach. Hey, maybe Charlie Blackman's the next hitting coach, a player coach for a year, then he becomes a hitting coach. But that message has to filter all the way down to the bottom and start at the bottom. Because I, I guarantee you're right, Nick. Carlos Correa got taught that right when he came into pro ball. Right. And and it's difficult. That's It's not – you can't just be like, look, improve – you can't just – like as a coach, you can't just go up to a hitter, uh, an 18-year-old hitter or a 28-year-old hitter. You can't just go be like, hey, yo, you need to improve your, your weighted runs created. Right. Like that's not how it works. Like yeah, you we have talked to, about how oh, valuable that guy is. That person who is the go-between, you know, in terms of bringing that information. And usually that's the say that's the analytics person. So, I mean, Nick, you know this too. Most analytics people just tend to not be talkers or communicators. 
They tend to be yeah. nerds and number crunchers. And they don't have that other part where they take that information. They might have great information. They might have great ideas on what to do with it, but they just don't, they're not able to make it digestible for it's, the players. It's the message and the medium. You're absolutely right, Manny. Hey guys, one thing that, um, before we move completely away from hitting, and we want to talk about Dick Moffert's letter addressing some of the shortcomings of the team. One thing he did mention was situational hitting. And I thought that was really strange coming from him. It shows me that he's paying closer attention than we think. Uh, maybe the ground ball situation, he, he, he realized that. He realized we're not moving runners over. We're not getting runners in from third with two outs. We're not doing all those types of things. But I thought that was interesting. The one offensive thing he, he focused on was situational hitting. Did that surprise either of you guys? No, uh, no and it, it's not indicative of Dick Monfort paying any closer attention. <laughs> uh, if you'll notice, uh, I it was funny. I started laughing when I read the letter. This is fine. This is not a criticism. This is just how it is. That letter was almost verbatim what Bill Schmidt said um, in the final home series at Coors Field. Like they, their their messaging is very, very aligned. In fact, like if Bill Schmidt even wrote that letter, I wouldn't be totally surprised. Or he at least gave some notes, or at least they shared notes. They were in a meeting together, whatever it was. But everything, everything that Bill Schmidt, uh, you know, talked about, sort of like in wrapping up the season and what he's looking forward to and what the team needs to do. It was all in that letter, almost, almost verbatim. I, I mean, he, he, you know, did, you know, in that letter, there were several names mentioned um, prospects. D- Dick, you know, if Dick Monfort can tell you three things about Adel Amador, I would be like surprised. And, and again, that's not a criticism. Like he's, he's the owner of the, yeah, right. of the rocket. Is, like, should he really know who their 19 year old shortstop is in, in, uh, in Fresno, like, and what is, what exactly he does well? No, like there's a lot, of, there are a lot of players involved in the Rockies organization, but like to see his name sort of listed, is like kind of cracked me up a little bit. Like, as if that's like, but, you, but is like, he? Amador is not selling season. Well, well, well. Here's the thing: the main, the main. Uh, you got you saw more of this than I would have seen, but the main uh, response that I felt like came from Rockies fans. Again, this is a subset, but this is the diehards, right? The twi- the twi- the people yep. on Twitter are usually the diehard fans, at least of a certain generation, and they were like, "Okay, I'll believe it when I see it." You know, yeah. like that's the bottom line. Like this, this is this is what you get every year, where it's just like, okay. Yeah, we weren't good, but we're going to be okay. We'll be better. We'll do everything we can. And then the same thing just continues to happen year after year after year. But is, there, is this going to be any different is the question. Well, no, no, no. I mean, you, yeah, you, you kind of like follow a team long enough, especially as a reporter, you, you start to notice patterns and stuff. And, it, you know, it's like a, it's like a classic Cubs joke. Wait until next year. The, That's really what the they're becoming. Game. That's what they're becoming. Well, the, the mo- yeah, but the modern the the sort of modern wait until next year is wait until our next prospect because there's no better prospect in baseball than the next prospect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they like I'm telling you all, you know I like I don't I'm like I'm not trying to be a buzzkill here, but like every prospect is bogus until they're not. I'm period. Like like that's sure. just how it is. It's just how how it's gonna be. And like like yeah, Zach Veen seems like a player. Like he seems like an actual dude. But every team has a Zach Veen. Yeah. Every team has a dude. In fact, the better team have multiple, multiple dudes, dudes coming yep. up. Um, and I don't know that the Rockies have multiple dudes coming up. Like they have Wait, some good players coming up, sure. But like, is that a world? Like, you know, yeah. look at the, well, look the, at the Harvard Yard Goats roster. Is that a World Series roster? Like, where no. Where is the, you know, the, there there was a time when they had Nolan Arnato, DJ LeMahieu, and Trevor Story. Closer to peak Charlie Blackman. We've talked about this a lot. Two young, really good young starting, starting pitchers. And they couldn't get it done. 
And because they couldn't just complement that with what they needed to come, they couldn't build around that, which is obviously, you know, it's pretty clear that that's what led to Arnauto forcing his way out of here. And then story right behind him. So their identity, they, they almost had one, you know, it was there. And, and for that 17 and 18 period, that 18 off season killed them because that was the moment they needed to add, not big time, but add, you know, a couple of bats here and there, you know, it doesn't have to be a superstar player. You know, a couple of arms just, just complement what they already had, so that you could have a have this window mean something. And now that window's closed. They were bad for four years, and does, doesn't seem like that's going to change. And there's no going back to what Mark said. There's no identity now. There's like they're just kind of floating, almost like you said, waiting for the next prospects to like show up and let's see what we got. And if it doesn't work out, then we'll just float around for some more. It, it wins the you know if the if if the Look, Tolia, Montero, Tovar, some of these guys might pan out, but how much how much can you really rely on just your prospect core yeah. going forward? Well, a, a couple of like a couple of things. Um, you know, I I like ultimately it's I think it's really unfair to like say, look, Zach Veen, not only do you need to be yes. like an MVP, but you have to create you have to be the one to create a team identity. Like how much can he, like how much can you put on the poor guy's shoulders? Like you should be putting him in a position where it's like, look, man, go, go for it. Play your game, do the best you can. Well, you know, we're not, we're not relying on you to hit 40 home runs. Like, like that's, that's always been that's the problem. Even the last it. few years, like it's like we're, you know, they decided to go with, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to need Hampson to step up. We're going to need Tapia to step up. We're going to need Daza to step up. We're going to need, they all had to step up and make it happen in order for the Rockies to even have a chance instead of going out and getting more established players Manny, around them and letting them kind of ease their way in. You know, what's ironic about that, Manny, think back to 17 and 18, they had dudes, but none of those dudes really had career years. They didn't, I wouldn't say that they all no, and they, and they got where they got and they still won. So if you if you have enough guys to contribute, enough a roster that can contribute, you can win when guys aren't having career years. You know, you don't yeah, need but it you also you, you just gotta you've gotta add the right pieces. The right it was like Dan Zimborski. I always go back to what he said. It was it was really good. It was the Rays can come up with one more player's like change in a couch cushion. Yeah. You know, like they just find them and they make it work with them. If the Rockies knew how to do half what the Rays do with that in that respect, getting co- kind of complimentary pieces here and there to make it work around the superstars. Yeah. yeah. That's that, that's, you know, like Zimborski also did like, it was like, it's like 16 or 17, but take the top three war guys, position players out. And what do you have left? And the Rockies were 29 oh. in war from the rest of their supporting cast, you know, and it was negative war. Yeah. One, one more, th- two more things on the letter. And mm-hmm. this is like, this was like also my my big takeaway because you kind of read between the lines a little bit, you know, and, and it goes back to, to 17 and 18 too when when things like kind of started to kind of come together for this team. You'll notice in, in the letter, um, you'll notice what's not mentioned. There's not a single pitching prospect mentioned because they don't have any good pitching prospects. Like you can't, it's like, I'm so, like, again, you know, you may like, maybe you like your, you know, like, yeah, man, we really like Zach Fiend. We really like Drew Romo. Cool. Like who's going to be pitching because right now you right now and they and they can they can talk to me about Joe Rock. uh, They can talk to me about whoever they want. But like those those are not dudes (laughs) yet. And always Um, it's always been one of those things where the Rockies have always had to had to say, look, we want to develop. 
our own pitching and we've got to do it that way. And that's the only way it's going to work. So if you're going to do that, like you said, where are they? They're not developing pitching and other teams are developing pitching. Um, in fact, like the reason that the Cleveland guardians are still playing as we talk is because they have a, they, they develop pitching like probably better than any team right now. Um, and a bunch of teams are copying them. Um, the Rockies are not trying to copy them. I don't think as far as we know, Rockies don't try to copy anyone. They have their own. That's that's kind of the problem. yeah. You 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 true true, but you should um you should you should sort of have like a bar to be able to clear um and like mm-hmm. that clear that right now is the bar to clear like they are the they are the standard bearers of of developing pitching right now, um and you know like that's they just are they are very very lacking in pitching and you know and it goes back to their you know if the Rockies you know the Rockies do have some identifying features of them the club lasting identifying features and one of them is they can't they won't they can't and they won't sign free agent pitchers yep. so like what if you're not developing them and and you can't sign them then like what what are we what are we talking about yeah Who's even going to be it seems in it seems like this is all going toward another three or four years of losing before any chance of anything happening things i mean that's an eternity in baseball things can change things can happen but is this all is this all moot given that they're going to lose like at the beginning, we've talked about this a lot on this program. Uh, at the beginning of the season, you can chalk up forty losses on the road. I mean, just just concede them. That it's going to happen. Like this team has been above five hundred on the road uh, three times in their thirty year history, and it's like if you're going to chalk that up and and have to basically because it's not personnel because you've had from all the way from Blake Street Bombers all the way down to the present to Lewitsky, Hilton, everybody. Nobody hits well on the road as a t- that those teams didn't hit well on the road. Do you need to build a team that's a monster at Coors Field? Is that the only way to get this done? Win 55 at Coors Field every year, and then you can have – because if there's one thing we learned about with the postseason this year, it's is that you have to be in contention every year if you want to ever get into the crapshoot tournament to hopefully win one eventually. The So I, I actually – as frustrating as it was as a baseball fan, their idea last year was – to me was a sound was a sound idea not not necessarily because they wanted to take advantage of Coors Field but in order to do better on the road they figured to me probably wisely they figured that like okay well we're our, like our average is necessarily going to go down we are necessarily going to not be uh, as good a hitting team on the road as we are at home but why don't we concede that and just hit more home runs like it's it's sort of stupid and and reductive, um, and it's a little bit frustrating to be home, you know, hunting homers because I think it's kind of boring baseball. But like as a strategy for the Rockies, it's not that bad as it's not that bad an idea because like okay, if you're if you're if you're gonna get three four hits on the road in a game, well, you might as well make them home runs because maybe yeah. that will maybe give you a better. Like I get it. If you can't string hits together, at least get some runs on the board with home runs, right? And it and it's and it would translate at Coors Field as well. Like so, I mean, easier said than done, obviously, because they they actually became a worse power hitting team this year <laughs> than the year before. But um, as a strategy, it's like not the worst idea ever. But what you know, again, like how do you improve that? How do you improve that going? Oh, yeah, well, I think I think the question is more on an upper upper level, a front office level, where it's like how to build a team for because that's the strategy part comes in where it's like, okay, here's what we got. And here's what we're going to work with. And here's what we need to do. And I get, so that makes sense, like what they're trying to do there. But do they, you know, and again, we're we're talking in theory and fantasy land here because the Rockies aren't going to do this probably. But is that the only way to win here is to outslug at home, take your chances on the road? I don't, I don't really know. They're, they're every, this team, 
there are more questions introduced to this team every year than there are. Yeah. <laughs> than there are That's questions not a way to win. But, but also, like, I get it too. Like, it's a, it's, it's the most difficult park to play in in all of baseball. Period. Like, it, like I get it. It's hard. But you know, again, like circling back to the letter and 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 like an immediate look forward, especially for next year. One other thing that you that you are reading between the lines. One other thing not mentioned in that letter. They really don't. They don't have a. I. I you know, I, I think there's some expectation that the Rockies are going to sign another like sort of big name. They don't have a ton of room to do that. Like um, yeah. if you look, if you do, if you do some math on their payroll, um, Chris Bryant's salary jumps way up. Uh, Charlie Blackman's he hit a bunch of incentives. So he's like almost the same. Yep. Uh, they paid in, t- in 2022, they paid Nolan Arnauto five next year. They have to pay him $16 million. Um, a bunch of other contracts jump up. They're not shedding a lot. Uh, some people are entering arbitration. Um, there's really not a ton of room to make some big to, to make some big moves. And also, there aren't a, a lot of big moves to make this winter. Uh, well, you can go get Nimmo. You can go try to get Brandon Nimmo. That's about the only one, right? I, I mean, he would make he would make a lot of sense to me. Um, but he likes New York, and New York and the Mets are good. Like, how no. much? What what premium are you going to have to pay him to to like? pry him out of out of out of new york they already did that with chris bryant they paid like like essentially paid an extra year to chris bryant to get him to colorado and they lost one now so so i I mean like i like there's not a lot of easy fixes because there's they put themselves into a really bad spot and now they can't they back themselves into a corner financially because of the moves that they made and anybody who even glanced toward albuquerque this season can see that there's nothing close. No, mm-hmm. no, no. So in other words, this is a team that, I mean, we baseball, again, with the caveat that baseball is crazy and this team could end up winning 85 games and shocking all of us. What w- Looking ahead, we're looking at a team that's not meaningfully better than the team that but, was. But one thing, year, to throw right? into, one thing to throw into this mix, the balanced schedule next year, fewer yes, games against yes. the Dodgers, fewer games against the Padres. More travel to the East Coast, though. More travel to the East Coast. How does that weigh into this? I mean, could that be a boost for them? And uh, it's a very good point. And also, you know, I I think that Bill, you know, Bill Schmidt has a grasp on what's wrong with this team. I don't know if he's empowered enough to fix all those things. But he, I think they they know, you know, Bud Black knows what their problems are. Um, But like they're, I think unfortunately they're the problems are too many. You they're not gonna be solved. They they really should be building they should be building for twenty twenty four. Um yeah. I'm not saying that they're a contending team in twenty twenty four, but like I, and I'm not saying they should give up on twenty twenty four. They should look but at don't ahead. make a move for twenty twenty three. Make a move exactly. for yeah. you know, start moving for the future. Well that'll probably happen if Tobar's your sec- your shortstop next year. We'll see what they do with totally. It may totally. it may happen necessarily, like with, with Nick yep. saying, which is right. if they if they don't have room to maneuver, then right. they're just going to put out there what they've got, and they're going to say we believe in our guys and we, we think like we can compete. Where in in reality, they're going to win seventy games again. So yeah. maybe by maybe and maybe that's a good thing for this franchise overall. Maybe that's a good thing because no more of this. Okay, let's go pay one hundred eighty-two million dollars to Chris Bryant because that's the answer. We don't have the money to spend. It's almost like it's almost like they're being protected from themselves, um, with no money to spend or no room to spend it because of how poorly they've well, that's, done that in the past. And so maybe then they get into them, they get themselves into a better position within two or three years, where some of these young guys, maybe a couple of them, pan out. And but then the problem is, is like 
what if it's the same if it's the same people making the same decisions are there going to be any is there going to be any different um philosophy there and and that's the question it just seems like there's there's no there it just doesn't seem like there's a long-term vision here it's just year by year we we believe in our guys hey nick we got to let you run i know you got lots of work to do uh, manny's got lots of work to do i just i'm here um we appreciate you joining us as always we'll talk we'll talk more during, during what should be an interesting little different off season from last year we'll actually have an off season which we didn't have last year but we'll we'll, we'll follow the moves and see how it's going thanks awesome. Nick. appreciate it man. Thanks, thanks, we appreciate it manny it's time to bring in the closer coming in all right we'll be back this is the park adjusted rockies podcast don't go anywhere for the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present look no further than denverautographs.com Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall, Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at denverautographs.com. The place to catch all the big game action is at Stoney's Bar and Grill, now with four great locations, including Winter Park and the original at 11th and Lincoln. Great food, great service, and unrivaled game day atmosphere. There's no better place to watch your favorite teams in action. To find out more, check out stoneysbarandgrill.com. I've always said that the general manager who molds the Rockies into a World Series championship team should have work on a Hall of Fame plaque begin the moment the final out of the Fall Classic is made. In fact, you might as well build an entire exhibit for that GM in Cooperstown. Given how difficult it is to win at altitude and the history of mediocrity, the franchise hasn't been able to shake for three decades. Maybe that should go for the hitting coach who gets it done too. Wait a minute, you might reasonably interject. Why would hitting be an issue for a team whose home park is the most hitter-friendly in baseball? Well, the other side to the same coin is that when the Rockies go down to sea level for road trips, they don't fare well. At all. They never have. They have three winning seasons on the road in their entire history a history which will have reached the 30-year milestone next year. Dave Magadan is the latest hitting coach to leave 20th and Blake Street with what is, on paper, not a very impressive result during his tenure. But as our guest on today's podcast, the Athletics' Nick Groke, said about the situation, Magadan actually did accomplish some of the goals he set out at the beginning of the year, namely higher contact, fewer strikeouts, and more homers on the road. The trouble is... The Rockies were still not a good offensive team. So maybe the issue is above the hitting coach's control. Maybe it's personnel. After all, as former Expos manager and Rockies coach Tom Reynolds told us a few weeks back, if you've got good players, you'll end up being a good manager or coach. Of course, that statement is a little tongue-in-cheek, and it's not always that simple, but you get the idea. Get good players. The current Rockies roster, which according to Nick might not look all that different come next spring simply because of payroll inflexibility, is not one you'd expect to compete for the postseason. Once again, it's time to look to 2024 and beyond. The question isn't should they, it's will they. That closes out this episode of the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. Our thanks to Nick Groke from The Athletic for being our guest, and thanks to you for listening. Now it's back to the playoffs. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.